Hello everyone, I'm back again. I'm bringing to you a small little study of the parable of the ten virgins found in Matthew 25. You all, you all have heard, I know many of you have heard the parable of the ten virgins. You got five prudent and five imprudent. The five prudent, they tell you, they're the ones that are ready for the rapture and the five imprudent ones are the ones that are not ready and are going to stay behind. Well, Whoever's teaching you that, it's our religious dogma. That's all it is. That's all it is, religious dogma. And all it's doing is giving you a misunderstanding of what they're actually, what actually the ten virgins are. Oh, let's read. Then the kingdom of God shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But, the, but while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. <clears throat> and at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. <clears throat> Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I said to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the other work in which the Son of Man is coming. Y'all heard that scripture, right? Supposedly, second coming of Christ, the rapture. Five are taken, five left behind, and so forth. Well, are you one of the elite chosen virgins? Of course, we all have heard sermons, tons of sermons about this from this passage. Almost inevitably, inevitably laced with fearful admonitions about being ready. I want to suggest to you and demonstrate briefly from the Bible this is not an event in our future, but it was an event in their future. More specifically, this parable was fulfilled in A.D. 70 with the destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans. The parable describes two groups of Jews, okay? That's all it is. The five foolish and the four... The five foolish... What were they? The five foolish... <coughs> Excuse me. Okay... The five foolish and the five wise. Okay? So I want to suggest to you and demonstrate briefly that the Bible, from the Bible, that this is not an event in our future. Okay? So this parable describes two groups of Jews. Did you know that Matthew was written to the Jewish community? In fact, I heard once that there is a Hebrew copy of this gospel that probably predated the Greek translation. As such, it is filled with emphasis on the coming kingdom, on the fulfillment of Jewish scriptures and tracing Jesus' Jewish genealogy 
It is also the reason why some passages say kingdom of heaven instead of the parallel passages in the other gospels which say kingdom of God. Heaven was a substitute word to avoid breaking the commandment of using the name of the Lord in vain. A particular Jewish practice. The kingdom of heaven is not the same as going to heaven when you die. Excuse me. It was a description of the transition into the kingdom age. So this group of ten virgins represent the wise Jews who either embraced and were ready for the coming of the kingdom era and the king who brought it. Or those foolish Jews were either apostatized from the faith or who refused to trust Christ and fell prey to the Roman armies that would surround the city. This is why Jesus said, He who endures to the end will be saved. Those who didn't apostatize from the faith will be delivered, saved from the persecution coming from the unbelieving Jews and from the coming apex of the tribulation of being caught in the city. Jesus specifically said in 24, 15, verse 18, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not to go down, take anything out of the house. And let him who is in the field not to go back to get his clothes. In other words, Jesus was saying, proverbially, in the midnight hour passage, watch. Because the wise ones can't do that for you. You have to pay attention to your own life. Don't consult the opinions of others. Believe what Jesus has said. It is in fact the same idea of separation, wise and foolish, that Jesus keeps teaching in a number of his parables, such as the wheat and the tares. It was this separation that John the Baptist said in Matthew 3, verse 10 and 12, was now beginning and would soon be thrown into the fire of Jerusalem's judgment. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not, does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Therefore, the point of Jesus' parable about the bridegroom is not about Christians in the future who don't have enough oil of the Holy Spirit. It was about the light of truth. It was about the wise who trusted Christ and built their house on the rock so when the storm came their house wasn't washed away is there a delay of his coming many recognize that matthew 24 is a description of the destruction of jerusalem in ad 70 but some suggest that as jesus begins to speak these parables in chapter 25 he is teaching a 2000 year delay in a separate coming after the roman siege for instance, Jesus does say, But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And then, and again in the next parable, After a long time, the Lord of, whose servants, of those servants came and settled accounts with them. We often forget because our dispensation of friends have given us wrong glasses to look through. That the parables say he returned to the same ones in the same generation who slumbered and slept and settled accounts with the same servants he left. Did you notice Jesus said, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. 
Jesus was saying that the kingdom would not come in fullness until the delay of 40 years. In fact, in Matthew 24, he said just this, Surely I say to you, this generation will no means pass away till all these things take place. Just as Jesus predicted, exactly a one generation delay, 40 years, passed between the cross and the coming of Jesus in the destruction of Jerusalem and deliverance of the believing Jews. AD 30 to AD 70. That is why Jesus made an earlier point in Matthew 24, verse 8, and he said, Take heed that you, Peter, James, and John, that you, Peter, James, and John, not be deceived. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. He warned them against people claiming to be the Messiah, coming with premature predictions of the end of the old covenant age. So they knew there would be a delay. It was not a delay in two thousands of years, or it makes or it makes the warnings to them irrelevant. It was only a delay within that one generation. Eventually, as they saw the signs, Paul, and like every other New Testament writer, would write in Romans thirteen eleven through fourteen, and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, and now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. The night is far spent. It is almost the midnight hour. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in reverie and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. The consistency of scripture amazes me. Did you know that Jesus placed the marriage supper and the destruction of Jerusalem at the same time? Matthew 22, 6 through 8 says that the rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burnt their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. Let's not forget that Jesus told the Jewish leaders at his trial in Matthew 26, verse 64. It is as you said, nevertheless, I say to you, Caiaphas, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Jesus' very clear words were that they were going to be alive when he came in the clouds as a divine Son of Man spoken of in Daniel 7. He even told his disciples that they would be prosecuted by those same apostate Jews and barely get through Israel preaching the gospel before he came again in their lifetime. Matthew 10, 23 says, When they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For surely I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. So once the city uh, was surrounded by Roman armies, the door was shut and locked. The separation had taken place. As Peter said in 1 Peter 4, 17, For the time has come for the judgment to begin at the house of God, Jews believing and unbelieving. If it is, if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? See that? What will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Obey the gospel of God. It doesn't say obey the law of God. It doesn't say obey the commandments of God. 
sorry. So there's much more to say, but hopefully that will draw your attention away from a fearful expectation of not having enough Holy Spirit, of missing a rapture, or that only a few will be saved. The worst of these futurist interpretations is that only about 50% of Christians will be ready. For a great article on Jesus' statement, that few will be saved, Please, for that article, I will post it on my website, and you can read it, okay? So what is it? Are we only to believe? Mark 5, verse 36, let me ask you a question. What part did you play in raising Jesus from the dead, separating him from our sins, what role did you play delivering him from the pains of death? Acts 2, verse 2, 24. What did you do to declare Jesus justified? 1 Timothy 3, 16. After carrying all your sin away, did you declare him holy or was it the Spirit? Romans 1, 4. What role did you play in opening the heavenly sanctuary in the clouds so the sun could be received? Or was it totally God's work, his victory? There's a reason Jesus said only believe only is a limitation. Only is a boundary. He doesn't need your help. The Father already totally saved His Son from it all. So He does not need your help. In fact, He included you in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection without your fault. He included you in Christ's work before the foundations of the world. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14 says, If Christ died for all, then all died. And notice Romans 4 verse 25, Who was delivered up because of our offenses, and was raised up because of our being declared righteous. See, according to the scriptures, by counting you in the Son of Man, the Godhead procured our salvation without any help from us whatsoever. In fact, he looked for a man to intercede and found none. That is why 2 Corinthians 5 verse 18 says, And all this, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. So, nowhere in the scripture talks about five foolish and five wise, or five foolish virgins and five foolish, five foolish virgins and five wise virgins. Nowhere in the scriptures talks about that it is the end of the world and some are going to stay behind and some are going to go with the bridegroom. We are all already with the bridegroom. We just have not had that awareness. So, Christ all is asking from you is to align with what he did, or Father God is asking from you is to align with what he did for Christ by believing it, and you will begin to experience the victory of the Son. On our side, we experience being saved. Father God didn't make a covenant with you because he knew you would blow it and fall short again. He made a covenant with Jesus, and you get his benefits, his victory. So that's another part there that it doesn't describe anything about five wise virgins and five foolish virgins. So only believe Jesus is the open heaven over your life. There's no praying that is ever going to open it for you. <laughs> and those that constantly declare open heavens. The heavens have been opened in us a long time ago in the resurrection of Christ. In that, in that united res resurrection, in that united ascension, 
and that united uh, uh, seated with him at the right hand of the Father. The heavens has always been open. We just don't get that awareness. We try to open something that's already open. It's like um, I have a club and the club is open. And you try to find a key to open the club. And you're constantly looking for the key without you notice noticing that the club is already open. <clears throat> all you have to do is go in and play golf, eat all you can eat, enjoy the time there. You know, a, a, a lot of you have worked yourselves out for so many years, sweating spiritual warfare and all that stuff and working yourself half to death you know keeping you up all night sometimes every morning and trying to fight something that has been open for a long time <clears throat> there's no praying that's ever going to open it for you it is already open so you can pray he already opened the door and left it open for you Isaiah cried out rend the heavens and come down so he did he opened the heavens over Jesus and said, This is my beloved son. He tore the veil forever. But religion puts it back on you. So beware of what religion is teaching you. What if I really believe... What if I really believe there was an open heaven over my life all the time because I am seated with Christ? I will never have to pray for an open heaven again. Jesus is my open heaven. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God Ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Still, no five foolish virgins or five wise virgins. Because we're all one in Him. It would mean I would never let the spiritual atmosphere or people's devils determine my connectedness with Father God. I will go everywhere as a conduit of blessing. I can be the one to change atmosphere by my awareness to the of the open heaven over my life. I start becoming Father God conscious instead of self-conscious. I will not wonder if I have everything together when I pray for someone because I am not the open heaven. Jesus is the open heaven over my life. Why do we try so hard to come up with some new method when the message of the new covenant is that Jesus is the method? If we will devote as much attention to believing as we do to worry and fear, we might be surprised. It's so easy. But even then we must not forget that we are not even the author of our faith. The Godhead is. Jesus, Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The Father. A group of people ask Jesus how to do the works of God. And in John 6.29 Jesus answered and said to them, Jesus replied to them, God wants to do something for you. So that you believe in the one whom he has sent. The Spirit, 2 Corinthians 4.13 And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. 
So what it all boils down to then is opening our hearts and allowing Father God to show us His goodness so that we can grow in believing even that much more. Only believe and it will change every other area of your life. The Parable of the Ten Virgins. It happened in A.D. 70. It's not a future thing. It's not coming. Don't let these leaders put fear in you. That you will not have the oil. That you will not be one of the wise virgins. Father God, through Christ, already married you. Jesus and you are one. As he is, so are you. Stop listening to all these end time liars. I'm telling you, stop listening to them. Listen to the spirit within. Ask Father God. If you don't believe me, ask Father God to show you. Ask Father God to give you that knowledge of knowing, realizing, ascertaining from the truth of who He is in you and you in Him. Meditate in this. All I'm asking for you not to leave your church, but to ask God to give you that spirit of wisdom, of knowledge, that will put you in the awareness that you are that tree of life. You are the Holy Spirit through Christ. You are the body of his, of, of his temple. He abides in you and you in Him. He will never leave you nor forsake you. His health is within you. If His health is within you, you are one. It's your health. Father God is uh, the fullness of the Godhead in you. You and Christ are one. You and Father God are one. Holy Spirit is one, which is you. In you, within you. Be the fruit that people need outside. Don't be another fear monger telling them they're going to go to hell when they die because of what they're doing. Go back and listen to, to my other podcast. The sin even exists. Listen to that. Meditate on it. If you need healing today, we, Jesus and myself, because I don't have the power, Jesus does. We declare healing over your body. But we ask Father God to show you who you are in Him. You are in complete health, in complete wholeness. If you cannot see that, that means religion is killing you. Religion is the letter of the word and it's killing you. You keep listening to the letter of the word and it will bring you death. And that is declared in the word. The letter of the word brings forth death. But the spirit of the word brings forth life. You want life in you? 
You want healing over your body? Stop listening to the letter of the word. And start listening to the spirit of the word. Which will bring life to you. To your members. To your body. To your eyes. To your mind. To your heart. All your organs. It will bring life. So I ask today. Meditate on this. Meditate and stop listening to fear mongers. Those that put fear in people all because the Vatican owns our religions. And that's what the Vatican wants from every single church that has been opened. And it's a 501c3. Every church that's a 501c3, they got to be teaching what the Vatican wants you to be teaching. That's why they have those seminaries. That's why they have those Bible colleges, they're all run by the Vatican, and they all teach the same thing, the letter of the word. And that's why the church has not prospered. She's beautiful. The church is beautiful, but it has not prospered. Why? Because of religion. Because you have not understood who you are in Christ. And who you are in Father God. You want to prosper? You want to receive healing over your body? Meditate. Ask Father. Father. How close are you? Ask Father. To show you who He is. If He is whole. You are whole. If he is righteous, you are righteous. If he is holy, you are holy. You are a son of God. You were born of God. You were born from the loins of God. And if you don't believe me, search the word. Search the scriptures. It tells you right there and then. We are born of God, born from above. Oh, wow. That's mighty and that's strong. So we, Jesus and myself, we say, receive your healing now. Receive understanding now. Receive the truth of the gospel now. May you have a blessed day. If you want to contact me, my number is 713-309-9505. 713-309-9505. Again, this is Pastor Casares with Godly Divine Ministry. If you enjoying these podcasts, be ready. Because I'm coming with a strong one. It's a meetable, platable of the word. This is not for milk, milk uh, drinkers. This is for meat lovers. The ones that chew the cud. It's called the rapture. The heart attack of the church. So until then, I'm coming with maybe six, seven parts of the rapture study. Come and enjoy. Because it will be fulfilling. Until then, we bless you. And may Father God. 
make you see and make you hear what the Spirit is saying.